Welcome to the Classic City Sports Podcast. And McAllister down the left field line. Connor Tate is going to round third. He will score. And rounding third is Blaylock. He will score. And the dogs walk it off. If you're looking for the latest Georgia Bulldog news in football, basketball, baseball, and recruiting, then you are in the right place. Then you are in the right place. It's third down. Bryce Young's career. You need 10. Play clock at four. From the pocket. Launching downfield. Underground and intercepted. Keely Ringo has an escort down the sidelines. All the way to the end zone. And Georgia is going to conquer the Crimson Tide. Hosted by Jeremiah Stoddard and Jonathan Williams. Georgia on the mountaintop. Demons be gone and the drought is over. National champions at long last. Just sit back, relax, and prepare yourself for these hot takes you're about to listen to. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Classic City Sports. As always, Jeremiah Stoddard along with Jonathan Williams. Uh, great episode coming for you tonight. It is early National Signing Day today, which honestly, uh, I'm just going to tell you, it's, it is National Signing Day. It is not just early. Georgia signed 24 guys today, um, and they've got two more guys that are hard commits that haven't fully signed their letter of intent just yet. So that's basically going to be your class this year. You might be trying for somebody else in February on National Signing Day, but early National Signing Day is the day that you got 99% of your class. And then once again, you will still see Georgia probably be somewhat active in the transfer portal this year. Uh, so we'll see how that goes moving forward. But it's also the week of Christmas. So we are both working remotely today uh, to, you know, Jonathan's back home and everything like that. So Everybody's getting ready to spend time with their family, so we're all excited about that as well. But we are excited to bring this episode to you before you spend all that time with your family and friends this this, uh, coming weekend here Sunday. Uh, But Jonathan, how are we feeling about this class so far? You know, your immediate takeaway after seeing today, um, where are you at? How are you feeling? You know, it's it's kind of sad, honestly, that I feel this way about Georgia National Signing Day at this point. But it's just kind of like, ah, it's another day at the office for Georgia. They signed a top three class as they have for the last six years or so, I believe. Six years, I believe. So, And it sucks to feel that way about a number two class because you think back to that first true recruiting class for Kirby Smart 2017 where guys like Malik Herring, Jake Fromm, Richard LeCount, you had the whole Santa recruiting videos that they were putting out. And to to put a class together like that was such an accomplishment for Georgia. And everybody, every single Georgia fan, everybody was so proud of it and everybody was talking about it. And I put a tweet out this past, uh, actually yesterday I want to say, and it was like, you want to know what sustained success looks like? It's Georgia about to close out another top three class and nobody's even talking about it because it's just expected at this point. That's what sustained success looks like. That's what Kirby Smart has done at Georgia. So that's what today is, but it's still different and it's still really good football players, of course. Georgia, of course, brings in some of the top talent in the nation and they've proven themselves to be really good at developing that talent. And I don't think this class is going to be any different. There's a lot of good, good players in this class and I'm excited to see how they develop through the next three years. 
Yeah, absolutely excited to see how they develop over the next three to four years at their time uh, at UGA. Um, it's going to be you know a fun thing to watch. Like you said, we've gotten so accustomed to seeing this type of recruiting class from Kirby Smart. Like you said, since he's been there, that's just how it's been. And uh, but I th- the cool thing is just consistency out of him and watching him. That's that's you know. W- it's starting to pay off. That's why Georgia is as good as they are right now. And like you said, that's how you will sustain success over the next five years as well. These past couple of recruiting classes, this recruiting class, and next year as well. That's how you're going to be good in three, four years moving forward. That's why we are good right now because Georgia has had a top three recruiting class every single year that Kirby Smart has had his recruiting class. Uh, you know, outside of 2016, that was where he took over in uh, December. You know, and so that recruiting class was basically set. He flipped a couple guys or kept a couple guys in there, but that wasn't his recruiting class. Even that one still finished at eighth, though. Uh, so he was it was just outside. So when you start building those back to back like that, we're starting to reap the benefits already. All these guys, all these dudes on the team, it, it is what you. This is what you you've been looking forward to for a long time. And um, like you said, yeah, it's kind of weird because we've we've started to feel like it's expected, but. It's just, this is why I tell everybody, every time we come on here, I feel like, man, enjoy the moment that we're in as Georgia fans, because this is not normal. Outside of a a handful of schools, this isn't normal. Doing this year in and year out, what Kirby has accomplished, it's not normal. And you should be, you know, extremely happy with what you're seeing. And, um, you know, he's always going out and getting these crazy big names, like, uh, you know, a big name today, right? Damon Wilson. That is a huge Huge guy that you got today, five star. That's the number, you know, the highest recruit that Georgia got today. Uh, edge rusher, gonna be really, really good uh, moving forward, and and just getting locking in those big names. But also, you know, you still sign five or six, you know, three stars that Kirby Smart's gonna sit there and say, hey, just give them a little bit of time. We're gonna make them into something because that's what he's also done. So it's it's kind of funny when we do this. You know, we always focus on some of the bigger names, but some of these lower name guys, like they, those are the ones that you're going to look at. I mean, there's a, a litany of guys that were three stars under Kirby Smart that he has made these massive, massive players, made them first round draft picks. I mean, unreal development. That's that's the argument that everybody's always made about Georgia, right? Prior to like last year, Georgia can't develop. Georgia can't, or Kirby Smart can't develop. Well, that was completely shot to hell in the matter of, you know, a few years, but uh, no, I'm excited. This is I'm still just as excited as I've been this whole time. Like I look at these recruiting classes, and I just it's amazing that like I get to see these big names out there and go. Georgia's got a real good shot at actually getting this person, even if they may not be like you know, but just a top three team. So you know you don't even know if they're going to be the team they're going to. But like, you you know that your name's going to be within that list, right? All the big people, you're in their top five. You're in everybody's top five essentially. I mean, that's just next level right there. I, I get excited about it every time I see a new guy post his announcement of, you know, here's my top schools. Georgia's always on there. And it's just a special time that we're living in. Yeah, people are always sniffing around the G that people are always posting that Georgia logo up on those top fives, it seemed. And, you know, one player, I'm just going to kind of go ahead and dive into this class because you mentioned, you know, players that kind of flew under the radar. Kirby Smart has had a pretty good track record of, finding those guys and developing them into really good football players like Lad McConkey being the most recent example. And then of course, Eric Stokes as well. And there's just right. One second. Goodness gracious. Uh, DeAndre Baker, I believe was a three-star, wasn't he as well? Yep. And there's then, just, uh, so he's clearly, 
he's clearly proven himself in that area to develop those players and whatnot. And I think one of them, and he's not a three-star anymore, but I believe he was when he originally committed to Georgia, and it's Yazid Haynes. He's an he's yeah, another he's wide receiver. A four star now. He's a four-star now, but when Georgia found him, I believe he's a three-star. They flipped him from – or they didn't technically flip him, but he decommitted from Penn State, and then he quickly committed to Georgia soon after. And yeah. people didn't really seem to know a whole lot about this guy, and then word gets around that he posted a 4-3-9 in the 40-yard over the summer, and guys are like, oh, holy cow, how did Georgia find this? How did he get under – how did he fly through our radar without being detected whatsoever? And now he's officially signed for this 2023 class for Georgia. So just another example, and Ezeed Haynes is a good football player. He's on campus already. He's been practicing with the team for the bowl game. And word on the street is that he's already impressing people within the building. So that's a good signing right there, and especially for a position that Kirby Smart and that staff just talks about that needs some beefing up depth-wise. See, I love that you just brought up Haynes uh, right there as far as his speed goes because that brought me to something I did want to bring up tonight. Uh, our boy Brooks Austin put out a tweet today, and it said it's, it says Georgia's 2023 signing class could win a nationals or could win nationals in the four by one hundred. And then he put the list of guys that he would have running it. He put line linebacker. Let me just put that into your head first. the The number one guy on this list, which isn't the fastest, but he's he was the first guy on the list is a linebacker, Raylan Wilson, who runs a 10-9. Uh, defensive back, Chris Peel, a 10-7-5. Uh, athlete, uh, Kyron Jones, 10.6. And then wide receiver, Anthony Edwards, 10-3. And then, just honorable, honorable mentions, Daniel Harris at 10.91. And then another linebacker, C.J. Allen, at 11-0, which is just, just barely slower than Raylan Wilson. So you got two linebackers, uh, basically running under a uh, you know a sub eleven hundred. That's insane. Yeah, I mean it's interesting too because like it's just like you know we always made this comment about like oh well watching anybody else other than Georgia people just don't seem to move as fast at least on the TV screen they don't seem to move that fast. And yes, guys, I'm dog sitting again. I'm sorry. Anyways. But it's like people do move faster, and it's true because that's what Kirby Smart and them are. Uh oh, they get into trouble. <laughs> but Look, yeah, you gotta it's, lay it's down the hammer. You gotta run a tight shift around here, like Kirby Smart. We don't we know got to man nonsense around here, man. We keep a tight shift around here, so that's what I'm trying to do right now. But it's because that's what Kirby Smart clearly emphasizes on the recruiting show. That's what Georgia wants. I believe they said that um that like this is one of the fastest classes that they've ever put together. Like obviously what you just read Brooks's tweet, like that has to be record numbers right there as from what Georgia has recruited. Past. And yet it's not saying that Georgia in the years past has recruited slow people by any means. Those guys are quick, very quick and sneaky quick almost because like last year there was chatter about how nobody thought George Pickens would post a respectable 40 yard time, especially not after running, uh, tearing his ACL in the spring. And then he goes out there and he blows people away. It's like, holy crap, you're telling me that this dude still runs for like borderline 4 4 speed after tearing an ACL and he's got that length and size? Like, yes, bring him here. And now you're putting it all over the roster. And so Georgia is just built different than everybody at this point now. You're adding that type of speed, guys that can cover the field literally everywhere. That's, that's just different, man. And that's special. It's, it's, it's amazing to see what they're putting together out, outside of, you know, uh, you know, your main speed positions, your wide receiver positions, you know, that's where you want speed. You got speed at wide receiver, but seeing you put that speed together at linebacker um, and defensive back and other spots 
Like, it's crazy to see how much they're putting on the field. And like you said, you, they just look like they're running faster than everybody all the time. Uh, and it's it's that's why, you know, Georgia plays so well, in, I think, in like the run def- rushing defense because they can cover so much ground so quickly. When they see a guy running outside, they, they fill that gap so quick. It's insane. And that's what, like, you need at this level of college football to be as good as you are and consistently that's something that you got to be able to do every single day, day in, day out, throughout the entire game. And so that's why they also, Kirby Smart, we hear about this all the time. He's always emphasizing conditioning and stuff too. They run like crap. I mean, they run like crazy throughout the offseason and everything, trying to make sure everybody is in shape. So that way, when you're in 95-degree weather in Athens, Georgia, the humidity is really high and you're sweating your butt off, you're okay to go four quarters. And like it, that's that's the... It's just next level what Kirby's doing with these guys. Like as far as like the athleticism that he's pulling into into Athens, Georgia. It's it's a beautiful thing to see at this point in his tenure at Georgia. Um, but one one thing that I was going to point out as well because we talked about this earlier, you and I we noticed it right before we came on the show. As of right now, Georgia has signed four guys from the state of Georgia. Four. There's a fifth guy that is, is a hard commit. He hasn't signed a letter of intent yet, but you expect him to potentially be in this class, and that would put you at five. That is way lower than what we are used to seeing at the University of Georgia under Kirby Smart, especially the past couple of years. In 2021, that class, 10 guys from the state of Georgia. 2022, there were 13 guys from the state of Georgia. This year, only five potentially by the time it's all said and done. And so it's a massive step back. And you know, you and I were talking about it before the show. And you know, it, it clearly part of that is 2021 and 2022 was dead in the middle of COVID, right? So you didn't have all of the big recruiting visits on campus. You couldn't, they couldn't even come to campus on official visits for the longest time. Uh, and so you did, you really kind of had to figure out who you wanted without, you know, without having them on campus and being able to put them through all the extra stuff that way. So you had to be able to try to watch extra film and, and try to get into it. And what's easier to do that than the people just down the road from you to kind of get into their locker rooms or, or kind of learn about them more in person rather than some kid that's in California. So, but it's interesting to see that now that COVID's over, how much Georgia has traveled across the country. I mean, signing people from Vegas again this year, California again this year, only five from Georgia. What do you think about that? It's really interesting because Kirby's known as locking down the borders, you know, keep the in-state talent in. And that's like you said, that's what he's done in the past. and He's been really good at it. But Dan's also getting to something, too, that in the comments section about how a lot of the top talent in-state wanted to leave, go elsewhere. Like, I assume he's talking about the likes of Justice Haynes wanting to go to Alabama, kind of wanting to make his own type of legacy over there. Of course, there's other players as well that Georgia's in the mix for that typically in years past you would think they would land, but those guys decided to go elsewhere. They didn't want to play at the University of Georgia. But I think what's most interesting and what everybody should take notice of this is that the fact that in like a year like this, where a lot of in-state kids seem like they don't want to stay in-state, that Kirby can just go pluck around the entire country. That it's it's that's that's different to go to Nevada, to go to Pennsylvania, to go to North Carolina, a bunch of kids from Florida, everywhere. The fact that he can just kind of go all across the country—that's special. People should be scared of that. Yeah, absolutely. And there's something that should be noted on that as well right now. 
With all of that, Georgia signed nine players out of the state of Florida, right? So just just in your backyard right there in the state of Florida, which is there's always so much talent down there every single year. They just, uh, I think uh, Brooks has talked about it once before. It's like you can't walk out your your front, your back porch and throw a golf ball without hitting a five star on the forehead. I mean, it's just like they're they're everywhere. So there's so much talent. So you have to pull a bunch of guys from there. But there were nine guys in this class from the state of Florida, and um, which is incredible right now because you still got Cristobal down in Miami. That's you know pulling a lot of the talent. UFC. Or, or UCF, I'm sorry, US, uh, UCF is still trying to pull a good – and they are landing some four-stars and stuff out of the state of Florida. They are landing some decent players at times. And then you got Florida with Billy Napier, who was known for being able to recruit and do so well at Louisiana Lafayette prior to being at the University of Florida. And this year, Georgia's been able to go down there and just handpick the guys that they want. And I think that's a huge thing for you as well. Also littered in with, like you said, all the people across the country as well. But you really did put an emphasis this year on Florida. And you won those battles most of the time. Yeah, absolutely. And I was surprised by the amount of numbers that Georgia drew from Florida. I know that it's just right down the road, basically. It's a border state right below you. Florida does have a lot of good talent, of course. So, I mean, that that – being able to just recruit across the nation, you've done it before. Like you got Brock Bowers from California, you got Darnell Washington from Nevada, you got all kinds of kids from all over the place, and that can get tricky at times. Like guys that are typically not used to being in Georgia, they may not be familiar with what Georgia football is. They may not, they maybe did not grow up watching Georgia on their television, stuff like that. That can be a little tricky in regards to what you're trying to build as a program, but. Georgia has also found a way to make sure that they get guys that not only love football, but they love the University of Georgia. And so I think also the fact that this many kids are coming from across the country, that's telling you what people are starting to take notice of the University of Georgia and what they're doing. Winning a national championship does help you in regards to that. Like, oh, this school's winning national championships now. Like, I always knew Georgia was kind of good, but now they got a ring on their finger and I could probably have a chance. These classes are looking pretty good as well. The classes in front of me, et cetera, like the guys that I could bring in with me, we got a shot to do that as well. That's where the, all the pieces are starting to come together because Georgia's always going to have good talent. You just talked about that. Like it's always going to have good talent in state, but it's just the fact of if you can really start getting kids in, which I think Georgia already has that truly buy into the program, buy into the university, buy into what Kirby Smart is preaching, all of those things, that's when a program becomes dangerous and Georgia is becoming dangerous right now. Absolutely. And let me just, I'm going to name two names for you and I'm going to get you to kind of jump in on that and how crazy it might look, especially with the other person that might sign later on. You get Pierce Sperlin and Lawson Lucky, and then you still have a chance at Deuce Robinson in February. Those, for people that may not be familiar with all of these guys' names, those are tight ends. You, and they're, they're big name tight ends, all three of those guys. How are you feeling about that with knowing who we have on the roster right now? Get on your hands and knees and praise the Lord for Todd Hartley, Georgia fans. That's what I have to say about that. I just the fact knowing where Georgia's tight end room was just four years ago, like you were having to take transfers like Eli Wolf and Trey McKitty, who are good football players, and they filled a valuable role for you during a time of need. But Georgia was predominantly known as the school that got tight ends but never used them, never threw to them, just kind of put them at the end of the line and used them as a blocker. And then Todd Hartley comes in, takes over. It just completely revamps it. I mean, completely. Gave it an ultimate facelift by getting Darnell Washington, and then you follow that up with Brock Bowers, 
And then at one point you had um, – or you, then you find a way to get Eric Gilbert back in the mix, which what happened there is unfortunate. I hate to see that he has entered the transfer portal yet again. We saw that today, but best of luck to him. And now you're bringing in Lawson Lucky. You're bringing in Pierce Berlin, who's been committed for a long time. It's like – and then, like you said, Deuce Robinson potentially in February as well. And you're seeing these other guys as well that are coming in the future classes. That That's a room that's going to be really, really freaking good for a long, 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 long time. Like, as long as Todd Hartley is there, you should never have to worry about the tight end position ever again. Facts. That's not something that you have any type of issue at this point. It's kind of like linebacker at Georgia. You know you've got stud linebackers at the University of Georgia and you have for a long time. Tight end, that's what it looks like to be in the near future. Um, it has been in the past couple years, and it is in the near future still as well. Another position that you and I both wanted to kind of hit on today is the edge rushers. We got Damon Wilson, you got uh, Samuel Mpimba, and then you got um, Gabriel Harris, Gabe Harris. Those dudes are all going to be good, man. I mean, all of them, and you needed. I know, uh, Dan, you're in the comments. Shouts to you and Harrison watching your show last night, and you talked about you know potentially seeing Georgia go out and maybe get somebody out for, uh, for, as an edge rusher in that uh, transfer portal this year if you didn't necessarily feel that role in the, in the class that you needed because you do need some help there. It does look like you need that on your roster right now. You got some dudes. I mean, absolutely got some dudes. And Pimba, I was watching some of his highlights prior to coming on the show, and I saw something that just it stood out to me. And my first thing that I said to you, Jonathan, was, man, this dude, it, the, his speed rush off the edge, when he can dip under the edge of the offensive lineman, the, the tackle, and just proceed to make his way to the quarterback on it, he's got that freakish bend that you used to see out of uh, Ojolari, Aziz Ojolari, that, that quick bend where he's almost laying on the ground and just dips under him. And moving so freaking fast, it's just, it's insane. And uh, so I'm excited to see what he will be able to put on the board at Georgia once he's in that system for a year, you know, with this or throughout the offseason. Um, I think he's an early enrollee, if I'm not wrong, as well. So he, he's already on campus. He's starting to practice. He's going to be, you know, in bowl practice kind of stuff. I think they usually get into that. And then he'll enroll officially like or start classes in January, get to go through spring, spring ball, summer, fall camp. By the time he gets to the season, the Duke could be a baller already. Yeah, it's clear that Georgia had a point of emphasis on two positions, in my opinion, because like linebackers are always going to be great. You're always going to get some of the nation's best that they have to offer at linebacker because of who you have coaching your team and what Georgia has produced at that position for such a long time now. But it was wide receiver, one. I already talked about Yazid Haynes, and then you got a uh, Tyler Williams, who Brooks described as an avatar at the position, because he, he's just he's built like a freak. He's long, he's tall, he can pretty much do everything you want. Like in high school, if you go back and watch in high, his high school tape, it was basically just go be a playmaker. Like we're going to get you the ball, just go be great. That's what you need to go do. Now he'll have to do that in a different format and kind of like a smaller form at Georgia, more structured form. That's what I was looking for. More structured form at Georgia because Georgia's not just going to be like, just go be an athlete like you would in high school. I'm saying like, yeah, they do have those moments where, yeah, you're just going to feed him Brock Bowers. Go be great. Kenny, Kenny McIntosh, go be great. Those types of things, but it's in a more structured format, of course. So like, that that was wide receiver was definitely one of them. What you were hitting on with edge, yeah, you get three edge players this class, and you already have Michael Williams, who started as a true freshman. He made the freshman All American team, I believe. Like 
so you you got Michael Williams for at least two more years, and now you're bringing in three more true freshmen because Nolan Smith, I know he's an outside linebacker, but he was that guy on the other edge for you. Like you're losing him this year, he um, he will definitely be going on to the NFL. Unfortunately, his season was cut short. So obviously, they're trying to kind of rebuff that position group a little bit because you had Trevon Walker going to, um, to the draft and whatnot. So you've lost some guys up on that defensive line. So that's another that was another crucial position for Georgia to go get some guys. At. And boy, did they ever! They get, they got three really really good football players and three guys that are going to end up being really special. And I think Georgia fans are really going to love those three guys that they got. That to get three of them at that high level, like all three of them are hits, like. Again, I keep saying special, but that's just how that's just the best way to describe this Georgia class. It's just the best way to describe almost every single Georgia class because they do special things. They get special football players and they get them collectively. It's not just like one or two of them where it's like, all right, you got two real heavy hitters there at the top, ones that look real nice and pretty, and then it's just kind of like, all right, you had to fill up the rest of the recruits. So that's what you got. It's like you go down the list and you're like, boom, that's a hit. That's a hit. That's a hit. Like every single one of them, that, like those are blue chip guys, man. So those three guys that they got, those are going to be some dudes for sure. Absolutely. It's, it's going to be fun to watch. Um, all, I mean, this entire class, I think there's a bunch of guys that are going to be fun to watch over their career. Like you said, at the beginning of the show, excited to see what they will do over the next the three to four years of their career. I want to put you on the spot real quick and I'll start um, with it and kind of see what you say afterwards. And if you don't have something perfectly prepared, that's all right. We're just going to kind of go with it. Guy that you're looking to see, maybe, you know, we did this last year, a guy that you might see in this class step up early on. Um, my guy, and if you agree with this, you can just do that because I know we didn't talk about it prior. I, I think A.J. Harris is the guy that you see really get a chance to get on the field early on. The dude's a baller. He's a cornerback. Dude's extremely, extremely talented. Georgia does potentially have some uh, depth issues at cornerback. You know, they have over the past year now. Uh, you got Keely Ringo. He's probably going to be gone after this season's projecting him as like a top five or a first round pick. It looks like in a lot of places. So he's probably going to be gone. So you got him and maybe Kamari Lasseter or Kamari Nat Lasseter and then maybe him or somebody else stepping up at that corner position. Or at least I expect to see him on the field pretty early. Yeah. And there's a lot of dudes in that cornerback depth chart, like a lot of them. I think there's 13 total players that are listed as a defensive back for Georgia right now because they brought in a lot of them last class. I mean, a lot of them. So the fact that you're sitting there saying that Harris could potentially be playing for playing time in his first year, which I agree with you, I think there's a good chance that you see him seriously compete for some valuable minutes as a true freshman. That says a lot about who you just got there. My like my this is kind of tricky because Georgia, what they tend to do is that they you kind of get your feet wet with the special teams. Nyland Green's a perfect example of this. Nyland Green right. battled it out for that second cornerback spot along Kari, Kamari Lasseter this offseason. Instead, he didn't he he got beat out by Kamari, and instead you see him making big time plays on special teams. And that's kind of where players get groomed, and that's kind of where Kirby Smart and the staff figures out how bad do you want it. If you're willing to go put your life on the line on special teams where highlight plays may not necessarily be made if you don't have the football, if you're willing to go do that for this team, then yeah, we'll get you some playing time and that's where you'll earn your minutes. So I think there's a lot of players from this class that you'll definitely see in special teams wise, but my guy would probably I'll go on the offensive side. I already talked about him, but I think Yazid Haynes, like when you have a burner like that, when you have speed like that, and it's you can basically put him up against anybody, and he's got really solid route running as well. When you put him up against anybody, and he can just beat anybody down the middle of the field, and he can beat you over top. 
that's going to get on the field real quick because he is quick. So I would go Yazid Haynes, especially considering how that wide receiver room is looking right now. It's kind of a little thin still because you're about to lose a Curious Jackson and probably some other players, yeah. I would assume, this offseason as well. So you still got Dylan Bell. You still got Denylon Morissette and stuff like that. But I think Yazid Haynes is definitely a person that could fight for some competitive snaps this year. Or this next year, I like that as well because I think that um, I think he's a guy that you you probably try to use in a way that you wanted to use Arian Smith until Arian Smith started getting hurt a bunch. Uh, I think Arian Smith could have had a great career at Georgia. He's not done at Georgia, so don't take that the wrong way. If anybody listening, I still think that Arian Smith can end his career with some high notes at Georgia. He's had a bunch of pretty decent plays, big plays over. You know, the Tennessee game was a pretty huge game for him, a big play for him there at least. Uh, he's, he's making plays, don't get me wrong, but I think that he could be used in that same type of facet. And so he could see the field early on in those just burner type, put line up in the slot and just say, run by people. Can they, can they run with you? Probably not. Let's find out. And like you said, he's also a really good route runner as well. I, I like that pick. I really do. I think that's a, a good option um, for Georgia moving forward in the near future. And like you said as well, that wide receiver room at Georgia, it, it, everyone went into the year knowing that we didn't have a bunch of studs at wide receiver this year. Nobody, like, we had good players, very good players. And I, I personally, like, Kiaris Jackson is one of my favorite players on the team. And uh, But so many of them have dealt with so many injuries that they haven't been able to really put it all together. So many of them in that room. I mean, like I said, Arian Smith a second ago. Dominic Blaylock, Kiaris Jackson has been hurt. Um, I, I think a couple more names that I'm, I'm missing on right now, but there's been so many guys that have been hurt. Or A.D. Mitchell, obviously, has been out pretty much all year long. Like a bunch of guys at that. So I feel like that's a position that you could see somebody step up, and he's definitely a guy that, you know, he kind of fits the build to – to find some early playing time, even if it's not a bunch of snaps in a game, uh, a few big play opportunities out there. And if, you know, the quarterback sees them connects, you could, you could hear his name rapidly, you know, just off the start. So I think that's, that's it for me right now. I don't know what you got going, Jonathan, but uh, I think that kind of, one more thing I've got. I think we have yeah. to, I think we have to talk about it and it kind of goes in with the wide receiver position. <clears throat> So there's been this name that's kind of been floating around in the portal for the last couple of days, and everybody's talking about oh, it yeah. for some reason. <laughs> it's Travis Hunter. Definitely got a hit on Travis yeah. Hunter. The, the guy that seemed like Georgia was, I mean, neck and neck. It was between Florida State and Georgia, it seemed like, all the way down to the end of it. And then all of a sudden, Jackson State and Deion Sanders come swooping in, snap, snatch up Travis Hunter, and takes him over to Jackson State with him to um, that university where they played for a season together. He was at Dion being the head coach. And now Dion goes off to Colorado, and there's all kinds of noise around that already. So that's a story of its own. And then, as many expected, Travis Hunter as well has entered the transfer portal, which many are assuming he is going to Colorado. And I'm still kind of leaning towards that as well right now. Just I think most people are, yeah. Just because, like, if you're going to go to a school like Jackson State because of Dion Sanders, why would you not go to a school like Colorado as well? But there is – some noise that Georgia is in the mix and that Travis Hunter and Kirby Smart and Georgia staff have been in contact for the last couple of days. And supposedly today, or not supposedly, today he announced that if he could get to 100,000 subscribers on his YouTube channel, that he would announce where he was going to school next. And literally within like four hours, he hit 100,000 subscribers. Like in like in three hours, he had gained 30,000 subscribers to get to that mark. So we'll see what happens there. 
He's a guy that played both ways for Jackson State. He didn't play too much wide receiver, but he I think he had four touchdowns as a wide receiver, but he mostly played defensive back. So, and he put up great numbers on both sides of the ball. So you could potentially see him wherever he ends up next, maybe play wide receiver, maybe play defensive back. Probably depends on what the program that he goes to needs or what Travis Hunter also wants to do. So it'll be interesting to see that and follow along that and see how quickly Travis Hunter does indeed announce where he's going to school next because he's at 100,000 subscribers on YouTube now. So we'll see how quick the turnaround is there. So you, my friend, are on the clock. We are we are waiting for your announcement now that you got what you wanted. Uh, so give it to us. But no, and you're talking about the wide receiver side of it. Yeah, he in the championship game, in their championship game um, a week or so ago, he scored, I think, two touchdowns in that game. I mean, he was he was killing him on that side of the ball. And uh, it was funny. You start seeing everybody blow up on social media and start talking about him as if he's a wide receiver. And he can play wide receiver, but no, he's not a wide receiver. He was uh, recruited as a corner. He is playing corner. It, he's, I mean, he could play wide receiver for you. Obviously, he's got, you know, the ability to run routes. He's got speed and athleticism, but that's not his key position. So if he comes to Georgia, at that point, that changes things about what I said earlier about who might get on the field pretty early on because I feel like if you bring in a guy like Travis Hunter, uh, I mean, that dude, you're bringing him in because you want him to compete and, and be on the field from day one because he's, he's a baller. He is. But like you said as well, a lot of people do expect him to go potentially to Colorado to follow Dion, and uh, I don't think that'd be very surprising. We'll find out soon enough, I guess, as well. Uh, but before we go, I'm going to do a version. We're going to do a version of King of the Hill real quick. It's Christmas, right? Every Christmas, I have to watch a couple of Christmas movies. It's tradition to me. I have to watch a couple of them. So with when your dogs, when your dogs give you a second, what is what are your couple of movies that you have to watch every Christmas just to kind of feel the Christmas spirit? Huh. Christmas movies that I have to watch. Now, the Home Alone and Home Alone 2 are two that my family always watches. Like me, my dad, and my sister always sit down and watch those two movies. My dad showed me that when I was a little kid, and it's yep. just kind of become our tradition. A Christmas Story is another one. My mom loves that movie. Our whole family loves that movie. It's just a it's a good old classic. So you, I got a classic in there. Home Alone, I guess Home Alone, is, the series, is a classic as well. And then, of course, the third one. And if you don't watch this one, if you don't like it, I just don't know what's wrong with you as a person. But it's got to be Elf. If you're not sitting down and you're not watching Elf every single Christmas, what what are you doing? It's, it's some of the every single time. I don't care how many times you've seen it; it will make you laugh every single time. There's so many great scenes, so many great quotes, so good. So those are probably my three. I guess I said two for Home Alone and Home Alone Two, but I feel like those just kind of go together. Like you can't, you got to have both of them together, in my opinion. So. Those are definitely the three movies that my family always watches together every single Christmas. All right, so I'm going to go. Elf is is my all-time favorite. Uh, and so I, I literally watched that one last night. So I saw that one last night, got that one checked off the list. Um, uh, Home Alone 1 and 2, those are the two that I also have to watch. So I'm going to count that as, you know, group those together just like you did. Another one that's big for me is uh, the Santa Claus movies. 1, 2, and 3, especially 1 and 2 of those. The Santa Claus movies I have to watch every year. I just I, I enjoy them. I've watched them since I was a kid as well. Uh, I remember when the I went to the theater to see I think the third one at that point because that was they came out later old. on. You're old. Yeah, they're older. Yeah. Well, not, the third one's not that old. It's not that. No, you said Elf. That Elf is Elf is twenty years old. Okay. Come on. Now it came out in two thousand three. You said you saw it in I'm, theaters I'm, though. All right. There's no. I didn't, see Elf. Like, yeah. I didn't see Elf. <laughs> no. You said I, Santa I saw, Claus though. Santa Claus 3, I think I saw in theaters. Uh, Somebody, okay, if some, okay. Not all of them. Santa Claus 3, I think I saw in theaters. Okay, I got you now. Um, 
And then the last one that I have to watch, and I haven't watched this one yet, so I, I might want, maybe I'll watch it tonight, is The Grinch. That one's always a good one for me, too. That one's a fun one. That, that's the another movie. Grinch, not the new with, one. Yeah. That, that, is so, that is another movie with so many quotable moments. Like, so uh, many. Just, there's so many good moments, like, just rattling off, like, hey, take, hey, take. Like, oh, it's so good. Like, <laughs> uh, the entire movie, his, that's definitely, his, uh, that one's the only four for me. His his to do list where he's when he's sitting here going oh I'm booked and he's full and he's going uh, four thirty myself pity cancel that again cancel that again <laughs> so <laughs> yeah that movie is that movie is incredible I quote that one all the time as well but I think Look that does you, it for the show King of the Hill I'm proud of you starter didn't even I mean, got you man it's Christmas I, I love Christmas Christmas is a good time of year. It's going to be really cold this Christmas, too. So hopefully everybody bundles up and stays safe out there this weekend as it gets into the teens. Um, I think in mine, it might even get single digits at one point around my house. If you're in Uh, North Georgia, like you're in North, North Georgia, yeah, definitely bundle up. Maybe not even go outside because I've heard it's going to be like two or four degrees up there. So be mindful of that. It's supposed to be windy as well. So that's going to it's going to be killing. Absolutely ridiculous. Everyone stay warm and stay comfortable. Jonathan, do your part. Hit us on the socials, man. We plug the Twitter um, handles every single time. They're down there at the bottom of your screen right now. If you're listening on podcasts, you guys have probably heard us rattle it off enough where you probably already are following us. But if you haven't already, Dr. Underscore J. Will and the Stodfather, and then also Classic City Pod on Twitter. If you're watching the video right now, go ahead and hit that like button if you haven't already. That really helps us reach more new people. We saw some new faces in the comment section tonight. Really appreciate you guys for being here. Hit the subscribe button if you haven't already. You guys continue to help us grow in that aspect as well. You guys are killing it there. We really, really appreciate that. Next week, it's the big week. It's the big content. It's the big episode. Georgia versus Ohio State. We're going to go as deep as we possibly can into that preview for you, giving you all the ins and outs of that game and, of course, how we think that football game is going to go, how Georgia will fare against C.J. Stroud and that um high-powered offense. So come back next week on Wednesday, 8 p.m., same time as always, same channel. You know the drill. And Sodder, you can close us out, brother. And as always, keep it classy in the classic city. Merry Christmas, you guys. We will catch you next week. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Classic City Sports. Take a second to subscribe, rate, review, and share with your friends and family. Feel free to reach out to the Classic City Sports crew on Twitter with any topics you'd like discussed. You can reach out to Jeremiah at The Stodfather, to Jonathan at Dr. Underscore J. Will, and make sure to follow at Classic City Pod for show updates. Check back next week for a brand new episode. In the meantime...